Hi, good evening. Welcome to Barmy Army podcast number 51. We're nearly having a birthday party. This evening I'm joined by Andy. Andy, how are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Good. And Zoe, good of you to join us. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Good, good. It's um, strange times, but this week feels as if we might just be starting to move towards the light a little bit. Um, tonight we're going to talk about, we're going to reflect on the game against Villa uh, from Sunday. Before we do, Andy, um, your name's been up in lights this week, certainly in terms of the Barmy Army, because you've had a couple of articles in print in a United fanzine, typically one that's aimed at the men's fans, fans of the men's team. But one of your articles was about the women's team. For anybody that might not have seen the tweet, it's in Red News. My finger's obscuring it there. Um, and Andy, a, little, a lot of people... Uh, good evening, Mark, Torren, John, John and John. A lot of people might not know the importance of fanzines within football culture. Um, as a child, I, well, I shouldn't say as a child, because it probably, probably wasn't uh, acceptable. I remember my brother coming home with copies of Red Issue. So it's something that I've been aware of. But for somebody who has absolutely zero idea, good afternoon as it is for you, Karen, what would you say about the importance of fanzines? I think... From from my experience going to Old Trafford, it, it was always there. I, the, this, this, the familiar sounds of match day, one of the key ones was when you're walking along, you hear that new red issue out today, new red issue, only a pound. It's, it's not only a pound anymore, but, but that they were the shouts that you know, you'd know you always listen out for a new one out and, and go up and say hello and have a chat. And it's it, now we've got Twitter, we see we see a lot of fan opinion. You know, it's not affiliated to the club. But on Twitter, you get, you have to sift through a lot of rubbish to get the good stuff. <laughs> you know, with a fanzine, you, with a fanzine that you've read before and you trust and you you know the people involved and they do, they're not doing it for profit, they're doing it for, for the love of getting stuff out there of the community with other fans. And it, it's, it's a big, it's a big, Big thing to have in to have it in your hand and read it and and know that that is real fans' opinions, fans who who are connected to the fanzine and that community who want to write down their thoughts and feelings about things and the jokes. There's a lot of humour involved in them as well. Yeah, you know it's it's a great thing to be involved in and to to be a consumer of because you're supporting fans who want to give something, want to put something out there, and it's a good community to see. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I think you're right in terms of the jokes. I know there's still things that my brother and I, we still sort of recite at each other. Mark says here, good evening, Ian, by the way. Um, fanzines are such an important tool for fans. Um, one of the things that's always amused me, Andy, I'm sure you've seen it countless times, when you'd be walking towards Old Trafford, towards the stadium, and you'd see people that clearly were there for the very first and perhaps the only time, and they would be picking up a fanzine thinking it was the match day programme. And yeah. they are complete chalk and cheese. But yeah. um, for anybody that's interested, I know we tweeted about it. I should do it that side. We tweeted about it. Better view, actually. You don't have to see my face. We tweeted it out during the week. Um, you can buy the physical copy. Uh, I know Torren, I'll give you a, a shout out for this. Torren bought the PDF because obviously not within the UK. Um, and yeah, Mark's saying it here. Used to love reading Red Issue, especially Bertie Magoo, definitely. Um, there are a few United fanzines. We are, and, uh, Andy, hoping 
maybe to put something else in in the future, maybe just about your own recollection of the men's team, maybe we'll be able to find something out else with the women's team in future? Yeah, Barney, who's the editor, he's he's a great lad. He's, he's very welcoming to all all offerings and... You know, you you, have, you, some, you see people asking on Twitter, is there anything about the women in this? And the only way something about the women can be put in here is if somebody writes something and sends it to him. And he is quite, he's really receptive. I know yeah, Mark. Very, he's very supportive. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, any Reds who are interested, get on get on it. And, um, yeah, just, just support Barney as well, um, especially in these times, just try and support other Reds. So that's fanzines, very, very brief touch on fanzines and the importance of them. Um, and it may be one of those elements that if we can get more in sort of the main United fanzines, that's just another way we're going to cross over some of the men's fans into the women's team. And I think fans of both the men's and the women's, this is, this is seamless. This is a seamless segue. Fans of both the men's and women's teams had a very enjoyable Sunday. Um, Zoe... <laughs> Not just a derby win, but the women getting back on track slightly with a really important, really crucial, considering everything that had gone on in the two matches beforehand, a win against Aston Villa. Your thoughts on the match, the performance, the result, any aspect of it? It was a great performance. Um, I know everyone said that on paper we should have comfortably won that game. But like you said, we'd had a, a couple of shaky performances um, and not got those results and um, and I was nervous going into the match um, because I wondered you know how the break had affected them as well had it strengthened us or had it weakened us because we've had that debate before about international breaks and how it can go either way really um, but it was a really convincing win I, I thought the, the the girls played excellently and of course you know we're, it was obvious to see that we were we're quite a weakened side at the moment with injuries um, and, uh, you know, our, our the girls, the line was, you know, I, I don't doubt any of them for a second. They're, they're, it's a brilliant squad that we've got. But we did have some of our key players out, the likes of Tobin Heath, of course, and Leah Galton. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was worried because of those, those injuries, but uh, the girls, you know, proved me wrong and, and proved that there was nothing to worry about, that they had it in hand and, and of course, Casey had it in hand. So, yeah, I was really pleased with the performance. Yeah, and, and Mark says here, I think this is pr pretty much summing it up, very professional performance. Very good evening. Oh, it's just scrolled up my screen. Sang, you joined us. Um, Sang is a, a Chelsea women's and United men's supporter. So um, I'm going to be civil and I'm going to say congratulations on the women's result today. Um, Andy, Zoe's touched on it there about injuries. And to an extent, we it feels like we lose somebody new every game. And I suppose Kristen Press is the latest, but according to all reports, that was merely precautionary. That's Casey's way of saying, we assume you're playing against Arsenal. I need to keep you fit. Are the injuries making... Are the injuries kind of picking Casey's team at this stage? I, I would definitely say so. And and some of those decisions might be decisions that we like to see without being forced by injuries. Um, okay. It's good to see Sigsworth get get some game time and you know get her running, running at defences and causing trouble. Uh, but you want your best players available. You, you know, there's what five big names. You've got Russo, 
Galton, uh, Lauren James, and then obviously yeah. pressing Heath. That's that's an attack. That's a whole attack. Yeah. You know, you you'd put you'd want any you won't question any any of those players being involved from the beginning of any match. Mm. Be it Definitely. be it Villa or be it Arsenal, Chelsea, City. You know, they're all solid starters at the top of our game. So it's it's that they're all each one of them individually is a huge miss, but to miss all five of those at once, and particularly as since Heath has been injured, press has been improving. We've talked about not quite seeing the best of her, but she has been improving. So if it is just this game that she misses and she's starting against Arsenal, brilliant because we want to see the best of her. She's shown signs of it. If she can come out with a bang against Arsenal, then and that'll be a huge plus for this squad. Yeah, I think certainly we need to see the best of her as well, as much as we are, certainly in that Everton-Arsenal uh, Everton game. Fiona said um, some people were actually very worried about that game in the watch-along. I think particularly when we saw the team news, and I know it scrolled up. Uh, Jake, good evening. Um, Jake was saying that he's been looking forward to this one because as much as we talk about the players who weren't able to play, we did have a return from injury. And I know that... That certainly in the watch-along, um, the the talk of Lucy Staniforth, she only played an hour, but Zoe, we all seemed as a, as a collective in that in that watch-along to be quite impressed with certainly her, her delivery, um, mm -hmm. her set-piece delivery, and just gave us a calmness. Were you impressed with her performance? Bearing in mind that was, her, you know, it's, it's March now and that was actually her full debut. It's taken until now, what with injuries, she had a suspension at the beginning of the season. Impressed so with what you saw on Sunday? I, I was, yeah, because uh, as you say, I mean, I didn't actually realise that that was her first start and uh, I've seen her, you know, come on in games and I've been slightly disappointed. I wanted to see more from her and I want to see her impact games a little bit more than what she has done so far. And um, I, I just really thought that she she really dominated that game on Sunday and uh, she really took control and, and stepped up and, you know, uh, all my doubts were, were eased because I, I did. I think I thought she was brilliant. And uh, as you say, a delivery set pieces. And uh, of course, that, that was a brilliant goal um, teaming up with, with Jess Sigsworth. So um, I, I was very impressed. I was going to ask Andy a question. Mark's beating me to it. Mark says, I think she should start against Arsenal. My question was going to be, so Andy, would you start Lucy Stan against Arsenal? Based on that match, then then yeah, I certainly wouldn't be worried about that. I, I agree with Zoe that previously, we've, if, you, if you didn't know anything about her before she came to United, you'd have watched her game so far and think, is, is this a good signing? What, who is, you know, what are we expecting from this? But the fact that this was a first start shows how little chance she's had to have an impact. So it's good to see her have a good performance. And there was the comment as well about, uh, was it Toon said to her, give it to me and I'll volley it here and then that, this and that. And she's no, no just, just put it in. And the goal came. That, that kind of confidence in this is what we're doing. We're going for this. Attack, attack the box. And good deliveries are, are important. For for how much time professional footballers spend training, it's surprising how few players can deliver a good ball in, in the men's and women's game. Definitely. So to find somebody that can do it consistently, brilliant. 
yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I'm, I'm almost not needed tonight because some of the comments are actually coming out with my next questions. But before I come to my next question on that, uh, the one person who has been telling us all along about Lucy Stan's quality, Jake, um, says she really drove the midfield forward, confident, made things happen. She was given a bit too much space, but she needs to stay fit. Um, Fiona says, much as we've said here, she's given Casey to something to think about. Sang's asked the question, when we've said, would you start Lucy Stan? He said, over who? We'll come to that. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously then goes on to say, putting their neutral hat on for a moment, Arsenal's a different beast from Villa. Yeah, I know. Can only beat what's in front of you. Uh, John Fry says, definitely have to start uh, against Arsenal. Lucy has to start maybe in place of Katie. Okay, so that's one answer. Um, Mark's come back and said much the same. Could be Zellum. Um, John Neville's gone on to say, would Lucy and Hayley Ladd both play against Arsenal? Zoe, who's your midfield against Arsenal? I know we're a full week away and God only knows what will happen with injuries and fitness and whatever else. Fiona's given you her... Midfield three, she's gone Hayley, Jackie, Lucy. What are your thoughts? Jackie has to start. Um, she's been consistent all season so far. I think she's uh, she's brilliant. The The only thing is, is obviously uh, we would have liked to have seen her score um, more goals by now. <laughs> but um, I think she has been been really strong this this season and um you know she's she's had a few you know good assists she's you know linked up well and you know she was key in that that press against City when we, we came back from 2-0 down and um uh, and so I'd like to see Jackie start definitely um as you say and I know that Villa is a different kettle of fish from Arsenal but um I think Lucy Staniforth has, has proven that she can do it and that she can uh, she can start and I think that that's given her confidence. You know, starting um, a weekend gave her confidence to to go on and did, do what she did in the match. And I think um, we need to keep that momentum up with her. And I think I definitely have um, Jackie and Lucy on on my team. I think um, in terms of Haley Ladd. Um, I mean, it's so hard to talk about all our girls, aren't they? Because they've, they've all got quality and, and in different places as well, you know. Um, I, I know in, in the watch-along um, a few a few weeks back when, when we lost and I remember someone said, I can't remember who it was, but we took Hayley Ladd off and uh, and people started getting worried that we always lose when uh, Hayley Ladd goes off. And uh, and uh, sure enough, um, they they got some goals and uh, <laughs> and it didn't end, uh, end too well for us. So... They've all they're all bringing different qualities, um, but for me, definitely want to see Jackie, and I definitely want to see Lucy. Yeah, um, it was Mr. Calmness personified Anthony who actually made the point when Haley goes. We, we concede when Haley's not on the pitch, and within seconds it happened, and uh, he was very calm and reacted very very matter of fact about it. Um, but I'll give Anthony credit for that one. In response to Fiona's Haley, Jackie, Lucy, Karen agrees. Mark agrees. John Fry says much the same. Um, Sang says, let me get that comment, don't tempt fate with injuries. I don't need to. It's just happening, unfortunately. Uh, good evening, Max. Andy, there you go. Should we play defensively for the counter, knowing that they need to win, whether a draw is sufficient for us? Um, the United have got a culture, and I'm talking about Fergie's day here, of never going for a draw, even if a draw was all we needed. 
Fergie's always made that clear. And look, I kind of grew up in that era and that was my the majority of a lot of people's United following, I, I guess. Dare we afford to play for a draw? Because I say no, even though we know that's good enough. I don't think we can, but Andy, what do we do? I think it's kind of, I think the memories are clouded by fondness that we never played for a draw. I think we <laughs> certainly did play for a draw at times, but we were never very good at it. I remember, okay. I remember going to City away under Fergie and not having a shot on target and losing 1-0. And a draw would have yeah. basically put the title in our hands. Yeah. So I think we, we did play for a draw, but we'd never been good at it. So I don't want us to at all. I think certainly adapt the game to to show that we don't need the win. You know, don't play... I think if this game was two months ago and we were top of the league with good on good form, the midfield conversation would be different. You'd maybe look at Ella Toon getting forward well. You'd maybe look at if Zellum is on form, you want her attacking. She showed on, on the weekend that she got a goal because she was attacking the box, which we haven't seen much of her this season doing that. Those kind of things you, you want to see and you want that momentum to, to keep going. But with our form before the Villa game, and that the Villa game was 3-0, you know, we're, we're not clinical. We want to see that, but we don't at the minute. I would say that the midfield Fiona suggested that everybody agrees with would be the right one. Keep it solid. We've Even with the injuries, we've still got players that can hit on the break and get at them. Jackie can move the ball around in midfield, play defensive and hit them when they create space because they've got to push for it. So we're not playing for a draw, but we're playing to the strengths of, of the situation. Yeah, um, much the same as John Fry says, we need to play to our strengths. Um, not Arsenal's. United don't sit back, we need to attack, we need to be sensible, but we can't park the bus. Uh, Karen says, play to win, just in case. You never know what might happen later on. Um, two Karens in this evening. Play to win. We can't assume we will win all the other games. Absolutely. Likewise with Arsenal. Um, and John Neville says, I don't think we have the mindset to play for a draw, really. Um, yeah, I don't think it's been something we've had to even think about in the three years that, that we've been in existence. Well, two and a bit years, really. Um, in all this conversation about midfielders, one name's not coming up. And some would say, Andy, you and I have done a podcast actually where we almost ignored that person again or we didn't mention them as much. But somebody who's been quite influential for us in terms of getting important goals. And actually, if we're talking about Arsenal, let's not forget Ella Toon got the goal against Arsenal at our place, got the winner. Where does Tooney fit in? If we go with that midfield three, is Tooney on the bench or does Tooney start? Zoe. Oh, tricky one. Um, I I think she starts. Um, you know what? It's funny um, because I always overlook her when we talk about midfielders because she is such a an attacking player that sometimes I forget and I think she's one of our strikers really. <laughs> um, yeah. because you know she she's been she had a really promising start to the season. Um, and. I think she does deserve a place. There's there's little bits of a play that, you know, I don't like. Sometimes I, I feel she can be a bit overconfident sometimes or a bit selfish with the ball. And uh, that's what would worry me against Arsenal, that she'd sort of 
want to go in there and be the hero um and uh possibly fluff it up you know <laughs> so um so but she's got the quality and and she's got the passion and desire to to go out there and and play for that win like you say and and that's what I think we need and I, I don't want to see them sitting back and playing for a draw at all because I don't think it'll work out and and I don't think that's the kind of person Casey Stoney is either um and I don't think she'll she'll want that from a player so um so yeah, I'd 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 like to see Tooney um involved at some point in the game, but whether she's you know we bring her on as a game changer, I'm not sure, but um I think she deserves to start. Okay, uh, Jake agrees with you. Jake says, "Don't fix what isn't broken." She always pops up with a goal or an assist. Got to start if you ask me. Fiona reckons she'll be on the right wing. Uh, John also says much the same. Sang Tooney is a winger. Um. <sighs> Good evening to Aoife. If Tooney plays right, um, be better if Honor plays right. So Honor to cover her. Um, yeah, that's and, and it, it starts changing the defence uh, and everything. But I suppose the question is if Tooney's playing on the right, where's is is is, uh, is Kirsty Hansen on on the left? And this is where for me a lot of cases uh, team selection comes down to who's fit. But also, does she look at who she need, who she can bring on. We were all staggered first game of the season against Chelsea when Jackie was on the bench, and then it, it worked as a, as a masterstroke, mainly also because Sam Kerr didn't put the game out of reach. Torren, good evening again. Uh, need to look around for people to pass to, much the same as you've said, uh, Zoe. In the Villa game, both uh, Lucy and Jess went on a run. Tooney uh, just didn't see them. That's been one of the criticisms at times in watch-alongs that, she can choose to go on her own rather than take the pass where it, where it's a better option. And against Villa, that's possibly not as visible, I suppose, because Villa were poor. Let's be honest, Andy. Villa were poor on Sunday. They they offered they offered nothing. I think that's the easiest birthday that Mary Earps has ever had, because she was just gathering the ball every now and again. Did you get the sense that Villa had almost... Because I, I said something to Mark when we watched the highlights on the Monday, I think, where I said, I felt that Villa said, this is a game we're not going to get anything out of. We can get points in other games. Let's just write this game off and carry on. Did you get that sense with that, with, with, with Villa? Yeah, it... it, it I, felt, I just being really harsh. <laughs> I think it felt that comfortable. And it's, you know, it's tough to say... Clearly, we were better than them. Were they poor and we were better? Were, were we good and they were slightly worse? You don't know where up on the scale it is when there's a game like that. If they had played better, we were capable of playing better anyway. You know, it was that comfortable. Yeah. But I think, I think for us, it's it's a case of take momentum from that game, regardless of who was good, who was poor, and and what the difference was. The main thing we take from the game is momentum. Yeah. And and match fitness for players like Lucy who, who got the first start out of it. Yeah. And, and Casey said before the game, we have seven cup finals. We have seven matches. We need to win every one of those matches. Um, I'll, I'll come back. Zoe, I'll come to you in a moment. Uh, John Fry, Villa Park, the bus, offered nothing in our half the whole game. Absolutely. Um Jake, Villa look like a team with nothing to play for. Half-hearted opponent, Arsenal will be the opposite and throw everything at us. We know what Ars Arsenal need 
something from that game. That that's that's clear. Whereas Villa could almost afford to write it off potentially. Uh, Jake says he was worried about Iwabuchi before the game. She hardly got into the final third. Um, no, I think her match was summed up, Jake, when she was dispossessed by Carrie Jones very late on in the game. I'm surprised that wasn't your highlight of the match. Um, yes, an important match for us. It gives us that momentum. And after two really, really disappointing results and performances, John Neville says, much the same as we'll say, expects a bit more from Villa. Yeah. That was the perfect game, in a way, to set us up for this. Would you say, Zoe? Because, and I've said this for weeks now, and I, I'm getting bored of saying it, but it feels like it's it's happening. This is the biggest game of our season. Mm-hmm. The Arsenal game will have a massive well, have massive implications for both teams. We needed to come into this game, hopefully without losing anybody else to injury. I know Amy T went off and looked like she was having a little bit of treatment, but there's a suggestion that was more, again, more precautionary. We needed to get, I think, a clean sheet mattered. We needed to get some goals. And we needed players who haven't featured a lot to play. I'm thinking about people like Jess, people like Lucy Stamp. Martha was back. In many ways, the perfect warm-up for Arsenal. I keep coming back to, and I don't know what your hesitation is or what your thoughts are. It's more tempting fate. I've been accused of tempting fate here. I don't know what I'm tempting fate on. (laughs) Um, The team as it is, have we got enough to get something from that game? against Arsenal? Uh, I would have said no, normally. Um, but then I think, because I I, I still think if, if Galton, Heath, Russo would have all stayed fit throughout the whole season, we really could have been, you know, wrestling with Chelsea and going for the title. Um, so to have those those key players out, it, it, it makes me nervous. And I would normally say, you know, we're, we're going to struggle to get something at Arsenal. But then I also have to remember that last season, even though we lost to, you know, the top three, as it were at the time, um, we, we still put in a performance and we only lost by like 1-0 at Arsenal, I think. And, you know, it, it's a similar team only with improvements, even with all our injuries. We've still got those core members that were involved in those performances last year that put everything on the line. And yeah, we still lost, but we were so close to not losing. And so I do I do think that we can, uh, we can get something out of, when I think of it, the bigger picture, when I think of the bigger picture, I think, yeah, I need to have more faith in these girls because they, they're going to, they're going to try the hardest and they've got the talent and the capabilities. And like you said, they've come off the back of that win. Um, they've got a lot of confidence because, you know, like you say, um, the likes of, of Lucy making a, a first start and, uh, and Martha started. People like that, that will have really given them a boost and they'll be working harder than ever on the training ground to, to try and be in Casey's selection. And, and I think, we do stand the chance of uh, of at least coming away with a draw, if not, you know, taking the three points. Okay. Well, John Fry says he can see us surprising Arsenal if we turn up for the game. 
that's also an issue. Uh, Sang says, I'm tempting fate with the injuries. I can guarantee, Sang, the, 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 the way our injuries have gone this season, I've not said a word, I've not done anything, and look, what, look, look what's happened. Maybe I need to talk like this to actually keep players fit. There's a logic in it. Um, Marty, good afternoon as it is for you. Thank you for joining us. Um, with regards to Russo and LJ, we I think Casey indicated last week that Russo's a couple of weeks off. LJ... I don't think we know where she's up to. Andy, any word on LJ? Have I heard this or have I missed hearing anything? I have no idea. No. Okay. Good, as long as I haven't missed anything. Um, Jake wants to know, since it's a big game, can we have a 94th minute winner this time? Nope, we can have a much earlier winner. Thank you very much. Um, Marty's saying, solid defence and a sound middle. Absolutely, if we can. Wouldn't mind a decent attack as well with that. Um, I know I keep veering off this Villa game, but for me, Andy, it just felt as if it was 90 minutes to get through. We did what we needed to do. But in the same way, we still did it. Yep. And maybe I'm dismissing it because we're all focusing so much on the Arsenal game. But to take Casey's words about we'd have, we, we have seven cup finals, certainly this was before the Villa game, each game is as important as each other. Of course it is. And that Villa game, perhaps I'm wrong, shouldn't be dismissed. We slip up on that game and this yeah. Arsenal game becomes even bigger. You know, if if we get beat by Arsenal as it is, then that mm. their game in hand becomes worth so much more. That brings brings us potentially level on points. Yeah. If we slip up before that, then we're giving them the incentive to, you know, beat us and, and it's in their hands. Whereas now we we know if we if we avoid defeat, we keep ourselves that three points clear of them, potentially six, depending on the game in hand. Win, and we extend the lead. And, and I wouldn't say out of sight, but considering their form as well as ours, because they've been they haven't, they haven't been the usual convincing selves. You know, we could really put the pressure on them to to have to win every single game after that. Yeah, um, it, it does feel quite momentous as potentially as, as, a, as a result and you're right every match will, will count for both teams at this stage um, Karen says Jake if we've got to take a 94th minute winner absolutely any way we get do it is fine uh, John Fry says he'd take that uh, good evening Natasha uh, Marty needs to take three points every time we're able for sure yeah any way we can get three points we need to do that between now and the end of the season Zoe I'm not going to mention the thing that I keep tempting face about. I'm going to talk about fitness levels and tiredness because a lot of our team haven't played, and I'm going to word this carefully, haven't played a full Super League season for, for United because obviously last season wasn't. I know there's the nucleus of the championship team who would have played a full season in that mm -hmm. year, but... Fitness-wise, this is uncharted territory for the team and also for Casey. And she's managing that, we hope. But that's, another, that's a different challenge for some of these players. Is that something that might play on their minds? Because we've also got people with going out for international breaks again. Managing fitness, does that come into it as well? Uh, yeah, I think it does. And, and one thing that I've thought about 
throughout this season, um, and this might be kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, but what worries me about a lot of these injuries is that the majority of them have come in training. And that, to me, raises some questions of, you know, are they, are they kind of training too hard? You know, what goes on? <laughs> um, do they have that too much of a competitive streak during the, during training and against each other? I'm, I'm not sure what, you know, I know it happens, but it just seems to have happened too much this season. And I mean, maybe that's it. Maybe it is just that a lot of these players are, are not used to, to playing, you know, a full season in the WSL, like you say. And, um, and, and I think we probably upped our intensity for this season as well. And in terms of, in terms of training and what we want to achieve. And I think the pressure has sort of taken its toll on some of our players. And I just hope that, the, the you know I hope it's far from the mind and I hope that you know as long as they're feeling good in the moment then uh, then you know that's what they focus on and and that'll get us through to the end um but uh yeah we just got to hope that we don't get uh, any more knocks so yeah it's that footballing cliche isn't it one match at a time um and Sam says all joking aside must be something wrong for this many injuries to have taken place and Zoe you make the point that I think with the exception of um of Leah's most recently, anyway, um, the rest of them were on the training pitch, it looks like. Uh, Sang's also said, you may take a 94-minute goal, your hearts may not take it. I don't <laughs> think my grey hair will take it either. Um, Jake's come up with a point, but we'll, we'll go to it now, actually. I was going to have a think about it later, but let me... Um, OK. It was announced this week, initially by West Ham and then by United that Emily Ramsey's gone out on loan to, I think she's potentially gone as emergency goalkeeper cover. But Andy, as our generally accepted number two, are you surprised Rambo's gone? Or actually, do you think this is something that we should have been looking to do regardless of any team needing emergency cover? I know she's been injured, but still, should we have been looking to do this anyway? If you if your second choice keeper is 27, 28, and an established keeper happy to be that backup, mm-hmm. you keep them all day long. But she's young; she's got to have her eye on being first choice someday, so she needs the experience. Yeah. So absolutely, if if the opportunity is there to get her some real first team experience, especially you know a team like West Ham that they they've been involved in the top division regularly since they were formed so you know get her get her out there yeah um jake goes on he says it was a bit awkward seeing her named in the west ham squad before an official announcement to our end absolutely um uh, zoe i'll come to you in a moment i know you're a big fan of mary so we'll come back to this point um just talking about the injuries uh karen asks are the training injuries due to them not practicing on the same pitch every day they seem to keep switching where they practice they they're largely at lsv recently they've switched to the cliff i think a lot of it comes down to um facilities and certainly frozen pitches and if that's the case no team will be training on the same pitches all the time unless they are the men's premier league teams um i think certainly if you look at some of the women's teams we're training, I would say, we're training on better pitches than some of them. Um, I don't know if there's a correlation between any of this, um, but 
I know that people are asking the question, what's changing? Maybe it is the intensity. Maybe it is the being asked to step things up. Zoe, let's move back to the conversation. Jake says, do we see her playing much for West Ham, though? They're in a real relegation fight now, and she's still inexperienced. There is the thought, if you're sending her out on loan, you're sending her out to play. Would you be disappointed if she doesn't get game time? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, I mean, we only spoke about it um, last week on All for United, and um, we were saying that it was a real shame for her that her loan spell ended in the way it did last year because of COVID. Um, and she, she does. She's... She's a good goalkeeper, but she and we've said about Mary's form and how she kind of needs somebody to to be challenging her really to to be pushing her. And um, I don't think Rambo's quite there yet, and um, because of her inexperience. Um, and so I really want to see her play for West Ham. Um, you know, um, I, I I understand what Jake's saying though, um, and it is a worry. Um, I would have thought that it'd be better to send her. Um, maybe to a, a championship side to get that that game time, you know, like we tried to do last year, and you know, we all know how that ended. But um, it, she needs that time, and 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 I think when she when she does have, you know, six months under a belt of of week in week out game time, then we'll really see a difference in her performance. And uh, yeah, I'll be getting a bit nervous for Mary. <laughs> and that was the point I was really thinking about here in, in as much as we, we've seen with the men's team in particular I'm, I'm thinking about Luke Shaw and I'm thinking about how he's really come on leaps and bounds this year this season people are suggesting it's because he's got somebody behind him he's got Alex Tellers to push him and to, to really challenge him and, and make him think I've got to put in a shift here Rambo is in terms of who we've the personnel we've got the most likely certainly more than Fran Bentley to push Mary Zoe, you're a fan of Mary, never hidden that. Do you think Mary needs pushing? Do you think she needs Rambo to go out, have a good loan spell? Because she might, I'm not saying she is complacent, but she might just become a bit too relaxed in that position. Yeah, definitely. I think she does. Um, she needs someone to push her, like you say. And um, I think I think with Mary, I'd, I mean, I said this last week, I think... Um, you know, she she's not had a full WSL se season, um, like everybody else, and uh, and I think you know that's going to really help this season having having that behind her. But um, I think she also feels the nerves a bit as well, um, and uh, she she's one of our players that really thrives off the fans, um, and uh, obviously we've not been there, and you know that that's kind of obvious in in a lot of ways the, the way they're in the interaction that she has with us after the games and stuff and 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 so not having us there um I know you know normally the fans sort of push on strikers score and stuff but, um I think she, she's missing having the fans um I think also you know um there's been a lot of games like like we said about Villa um it was the easiest birthday that she'd ever had because she didn't get tested. And that's the only thing that worries me going into Arsenal is she will get tested at Arsenal. She will have saves to make. And she she's not she's not had that, that game time that everybody else had at Villa of of that, you know, that, that time on the ball and, you know, um our strikers were busy, you know, um and uh 
and Mary just wasn't busy. And that, that's the only doubt in my mind about going into Arsenal. I, I don't doubt Mary at all. I'm, I'm a big fan of her. I think she has the quality to, to make the world-class saves. But I think there might be a little bit of nerves that get in the way um, at the weekend. And I just hope I'm wrong. But um, yeah, I would have liked to have seen her be tested by Villa. I would have liked to, them to have, you know, had a few shots um, that she could have uh, practised on. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, Jake says it's a great opportunity to have a loan in the WSL, especially with it being a relatively small league. He fears she won't get to play many games. It's a huge chance to prove herself at this, this level. Um, Torren asks, um, what if Mary gets injured? It's a big risk. But John Neville, yeah, saying exactly what I was about to come back with. If it's an, if it's an emergency loan, I'm guessing that we would be able to recall Rambo immediately. Um, that's how much... that That's my... Andy, my experience of emergency goalkeeper loans, you can recall if, if there's an injury within the club that's loaned out. I'm not sure what the rules are around it. I would I would suggest, if it was applying my own logic to an emergency loan, I would suggest that emergency loans should be kept for the duration of the need. Otherwise, yeah. you could end up with a keeper going in for a couple of weeks and coming back, and then they need another emergency loan. So I, I would suggest that that should be how an emergency loan works, but that's okay. just my logic rather than believe in how it actually works yeah uh ian if you would make sure we can yeah it's it's, it, it's a good point you make actually ian if you if you're still awake because i know you've got weird work hours you tend to be the one that knows these things so ref tell me what happens with an emergency goalkeeper loan um andy you talked about a number two goalkeeper and you know we've we've had a situation with the men's team where sergio romero one of the best backup goalkeepers and would could be trusted to come in at cup games when you were going to get a steady goalkeeper. The women don't have that, would you say, at this point? No, they've, they've got, with Rambo and Bentley, they've got two young keepers. Yeah. Both of you would like to go and see go and get some experience. Mm. But you need a, a, a solid second-choice keeper to cover for them going and getting the experience. So how do you approach it? You know, hopefully Rambo will get some experience from this. Mm. Where does that leave Bentley anyway? If if going forward we've got Erps with Rambo as second choice, or Rambo becoming first choice, does Bentley become second choice with no experience? What that's the trouble with relying on youth too much. Yeah. And because it's a specialist position, you can't just stack them up or mm. go short on your numbers. And I know Rambo's on a long-term deal. It, it it makes me wonder, actually, into next season, what the plans are for the goalkeepers and whether this is just a sign, whether it's something as simple as Casey saying, go, you need to go and play, which we can all understand, but whether there's some thought in why, what's, what's behind that. Sang asks the question, Who's Mary at second uh, against Arsenal? The backup keeper at the moment will be Fran Bentley. Behind her will be Sophie Hilliard, if I get the name correct. Um, I'm sure Jake can put me right on that one. Um, it's not a goalkeeping lineup that would have you feeling overly confident, would you say, if anything did happen, God forbid, to, to Mary, Zoe? 
yeah i think it's it's like you say it's 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 not an ideal situation it's um but but then you know it's hard with goalkeepers because if you've got quality goalkeeper sitting at in second place really they're forever going to be itching to get on that pitch and they're forever going to be looking for opportunities to leave if they're not getting the opportunities so the goalkeeping position has has always been something that sort of um intrigued me really to to watch at clubs both in men's and women's um but as you say um if anything was to happen to mary i'd be very scared (laughs) um but you know i think we just got to have faith in the in the youth system and uh hope that that Casey and the 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 goalkeeping coaches have, have you know been working with them and they've learned off off the likes of Mary and um and uh, they'll come in and, and want to prove something if anything happens. <laughs> um yeah, uh, Eve has asked the question: Any news about Vildebo Risa signing, or should we forget? Um, my apologies, Torrent and Ellen. I probably mangled the name. Um, the last thing we all heard was that the the deal was still being worked on. And um, Andy, you know full well that when United do a deal, they don't do it quickly. That means she's not coming. <laughs> um, <laughs> then, again, then again, we do have we do have the announcement today. Yeah. And he did comment on that about working with Casey. It wasn't just about the men's. He he mentioned working with Casey as well as as Ollie. Absolutely. Developing the women's team as much as the men's. So so that's promising. Oh yeah. For anybody who missed this news, um, John Fry is just saying here that in the summer he thinks we need to sign an, uh, an experienced keeper to really push Mary so that we can loan. Um... Oh, here we go. We've got the answer. Goalkeepers can be recalled. At... Thank you, Ian. Goalkeepers can be recalled at any time, subject to the required notice period agreed by the clubs, unless the team recalling is down to one. Uh, uh, basically, we can recall her, if I read that right. Um, Ian, making us all smarter again. But not in food choices. Oh, uh, 24 hours written notice required. She then cannot go back back out on loan to the same club. Okay. Uh, you are very welcome. And with the conversation you started, um, the point you made there uh, about John Murta. So out of the blue today, United have announced a, te- a football director and is it a technical director. And... A gentleman by the name of uh, John Murta has been announced as, if I get this right, is he the football director? Yeah, I think he's the football director. Yeah. And Darren Fletcher is the technical director, if I get that right. Anyway, um, Fiona says here, seen him at LSV before, often sits behind the BA, uh, the Barmy Army. Um, John has, in his his quotes today, he very much seemed to allude to this sense of one club ethos. And he talked about uh, developing, he talked about how well the men's, women's and academy teams were doing. And he then talked about how he's worked with Casey, Ollie and Casey and staff. So every opportunity he got, he talked about the women's team and he included the women's team. He has been involved with the women's team um, and he's been involved, I think, with some of the signings, but he's he's... He has been around the women's team. He does attend pretty much every match at LSB, does some away games as well. And if Nat was here now, she'd be telling you that she and John are, are like that. She has conversations with him. He has at times 
certainly in the early days of us trying to have dialogue with the club, he was involved on some level. Um, obviously now he's that much further up, so I don't think we'll be speaking to him. He's also handed out, as some people would love you to know, he's handed out team sheets to some of our members. Um, so don't know where you're going to get those from from now on. I think he'll be uh, definitely uh, off to one side with the, the, the very, very big wigs. Um, but it is big news for a club that has talked about a director of football for a long, long time and never appointed one. Now we have this, it's not a director of football, it's a football director. And it's somebody who has experience of the women's team and is talking about the women's team. So hopefully this helps us to grow. This helps us to be cemented within Manchester United and going forwards, all of those things that we hoped for do actually happen. Ian's getting a lot of love for that. Thanks, Ian. Nice one, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Yeah, there you go, Ian. Just your food choices are a bit questionable. Um, let's talk about that, actually, Zoe. Mm -hmm. The importance of having... Not Ian's food choices. No one wants to talk about that. The importance of having... <laughs> the importance of having somebody who's familiar with the women's team having such a crucial role not just within the women's team, but within the club as a whole. Mm -hmm. What do you think he, where do we need, what do we need now for the women's team going forwards? Well, you know, I think a lot of us, um, you know, the, the women's team is early on in its stages. And um, a lot of us have only sort of started, well, for me anyway, a lot of us have only started following the women's football because our club got a women's team. Um, and so I think, you know, for for all of us, it's important. We're Manchester United fans, first and foremost. Um, whether that's whether that's men, women, academy, you know, I, I know a, a lot of you guys go and, and, and watch the academy as well. And um, I, I like the, the fact that, I like the fact that I don't know how it works in other clubs because I'm not overly interested. But um, you know, I, <laughs> I've seen lots of social media, you know, with our men's and women's team doing things together, doing a lot of charity work together, which I think is the most important aspect of the club, to to be honest with you. And um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of that unity um, between between the, the, the men's and women's team. And, uh, and I think, you know, that's sort of what draws certain players to, to the women's team as well, because of that, the history behind the badge, not the history behind the women's team, because we don't really have any. Um, but um, not just that, of course, you know, Casey Stoney um, is a bit legendary. So, uh, you know, obviously she, she draws in, in top players because they want to be coached by people like Casey Stoney but I do think you know our history as a club is is so important to us all and um it is great to be moving forward um like united basically um and so I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of the same of that really okay. um Sam says here what you're saying um is why he's why they support Chelsea ladies as a United fan 2010 when they started taking women's football seriously we United didn't have a team. Um, and actually, 
I, the, the point you made about um, about we're United fans and you weren't necessarily interested in women's football, I, I will always hold my hands up to that. I will never claim to be the biggest women's football fan. I'm a United fan. And for me, I couldn't get into women's football until we had a team. And I know that I'm far from alone with that. I'm not going to claim to be something I'm not. Um, and I guess that kind of brings us back to the conversation we started with a little bit, Andy, that we as men's fans are now almost trying to merge the two. We talked about fanzines, but that's something, and Fiona says here, trying to normalise the women's team. This feels like an important step. We've heard that all red, all equal thing, but actually this feels like a really crucial step for us to have somebody who is almost in, ingrained in the women's team, for, has been there from, from the start. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we've, we've seen it before. Like we say, we've, we've seen the men and the women attending charity events and things like that. And marketing, as, as much as marketing and advertising isn't what we want to see our players doing, if they have to do it, at least both sets of players are involved. I think, unfortunately, COVID has meant that with the bubbles, we've probably seen a lot less of it. But I fully expect it to pick up again, especially now we've with John Murter involved when when they're able to do so again. And maybe also that somebody mentioned about the the injuries possibly being through being moved around from this pitch to that pitch and not having consistency. Maybe that's something that, that can be developed as well. You know, a, a real home for the women's team. And and as as one of the old school fans, I know that um the, the talk about the cliff for the women has always been an issue and Maybe, maybe that's, they've been there certainly over the last week or two. Um, maybe that's coming to fruition. Maybe things have been held up through COVID. Um, I don't know. Marty would like to know, can John sort out the website? Because it's really weighted towards the men's team. I think this is an interesting one that until recently, I'm told it's changed. But if you wanted, you, if you selected which team, it said men's, or it would have something like first and then under 23s, under 18s, and then women. As if Manchester United first team was the men, not the first men's team and the first women's team. Hopefully that shifts. Jake says, could be a massive moment for growing the following of our women, women's team. Uh, question is, when are other clubs going to do the same? We already have the best fans in the league by a mile. Oh, Jake. Um, Marty says, are the training facilities of the same quality? I don't think anybody can answer this question because I don't think anybody genuinely knows what the facilities are like, um, certainly that we'll share. But I would like to think that Casey's not going to accept anything second rate. Fiona uh, says, now it just says women and men. It used to be first team and women. So there is progress. There is definite progress, even on the website, that we acknowledge the women on an equal footing. Um, and I always think when a team is successful, that drives interest. And John's going to be aware of that. He's been with this team from, from day one. He was very influential, I believe, in terms of some of the signings. So he knows this team, this this collective. He knows it inside out, and he's seen what the fans are doing for this club. So 
yeah, fingers crossed that takes us a bit further. Um, Zoe, I'm going to ask you very quickly. I know we've still got another week and a bit to talk about the Arsenal game and, and no doubt it'll get revisited next week. Um, as things stand, give me your starting eleven. Sticking on the spot uh, there. <laughs> you are. Um, of course, Mary and Goal. <laughs> I'll start with the easy one. <laughs> um, I would like to see... Um, I think I... If if Amy's fit, um, mm-hmm. Millie and Amy. Um, although, I mean, I can't off the top of my head. I know she's a defender, but I can't quite picture where she starts. But our new signing from Chelsea, Thor- Forest. I'm going to embarrass myself now. Forest daughter is she called? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd you know I'd I'd like to see more of her. Um, and uh, midfield, well, we've had this discussion. Definitely Jackie. Um, oh, I should also say um, I'd like to see Honor, Honor, yeah, yeah. And I don't ask to say her second name because uh, FA player keeps calling her Badger, and I'm not. Badger. <laughs> I'm, I'm reliably informed by my Spanish-speaking friend is Badia. It's just Badia. I think if you mangle it together, it does sound a bit like Badger. But if you just yeah. separate, ever so slightly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, FA player was on it the other day with uh, Badger and uh, Groon and. As well. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, Jackie in midfield. Um, I'll I'll just stick with first names. Um, we've talked about Tooney. I, I think I think she deserves a place. Um, and of course, uh, press if she's fit. Fingers yeah. crossed. <laughs> so, you playing Lucy Stan? Yes, yes, of course. Yeah. We've got Lucy, Haley, and oh, Jackie, you mentioned in the field. Tooney, Kristen, mm-hmm. you put on the left wing. I think Kirsty Hansen tends to be the only option we've got there these days, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Andy, any changes to that? Uh, just the front three. I think what I'd like to see is if press is available, I think I'd maybe like to see. Press and Hanson on the wings with Sigsworth up front, and then look at Toon for bringing on later on in the game when you know soak up the pressure, tire them out while they're chasing. I think Hanson's solid and reliable, but can can attack as well. Uh, Press will hopefully have that spark. She's the only thing she's struggled with in more recent games is is the finishing. Yeah. So I'll get her energy out there on the wing, supporting Sigsworth who'll run him ragged at the back, and then last. 30 minutes, maybe for the second half, get somebody like Toon on to, to have a go. I like the sound of that. John Fry's not giving me his team prediction, but he is giving us a score prediction. <laughs> We'd all take that one. Um, <laughs> Karen agrees with you from three. Um, Sam saying press six with Toonie. Um, yeah, Karen also wants to see uh, Jess up front. I, I think we we imagine that the physical presence might be an important element of the game. And, and, and I think that, you know, we talked about Kristen Press. She's come off a really good international break. And I think we were all really looking forward to seeing what she could do, do against Villa. Um, suddenly with that confidence high, the way she'd been playing. So hopefully she can keep that rolling going into the Arsenal game. That'll be a conversation. It's going to happen one day. Yes, John Fry, it's going to happen. Where's it? Sorry, my computer didn't work there. Oh, slow. It's going to happen one day. It will. 
I hope. Marty's saying we'll take points. Settle for that right now. Um, bringing us up to an hour. Andy, again, just want to say very quickly, in case anybody missed the beginning, if anybody wants... Our very own Andy Slater has got two articles in this current issue of Red News, which you can buy. Uh, there's, we, we tweeted it out during the week, I think on Monday. Um, you can buy the actual physical copy or you can get a PDF copy. Um, it's a really interesting read. It's a really good read. It's United fans. Some of you might get it and think, what on earth is this? This is football culture in this country. Andy. Actually, Deb, there is, there is an article in there that relates to what we've talked about in the last five minutes or so, the, about fan involvement and bringing new fans into the game. There's a, The article is about the battle for the purples. So within Manchester, in the 90s, it was all about United City started investing and a lot of youngsters grew up turning blue. And it's, it's about where do the next generation of fans come from? And the, the article itself in Red News was mainly targeted at the, at the men's side, but that's absolutely part of what we talked about with John Murta trying to, trying to develop in the women's game as well. Where yeah. do the new fans come from? Get absolutely. out there and, and attract them to the, to the game. Absolutely. And and that's something that hopefully we'll all be a part of and we'll just see Pete, the, 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 the groups growing and, and the fan numbers growing and, and yeah, members growing as well. Um, Andy, Zoe, thank you very much for joining me this evening. Thank you to everybody who's been watching, everybody who's commented. Um, yeah, really appreciate it. Mark's back next week. I don't know who with, um, but he'll be here for episode 52, which, as I'm reminded, isn't the birthday because that's the week after, because we start on, our, we start on week one. And actually, I hope, yeah, anyway. So Mark's going to be here for week 52. Uh, no, for episode 52. Um, Torrin's bought, yeah, there you go. You see, your article was so good, Andy. It's made uh, Torrin buy, an, buy a whole uh, subscription. You'll have to tweet Barney and ask him to get us in every game. Every game, every, game, yes. every, every issue. All the time. Torrin, get on it. Tell him that Norway wants more. Um, thank you very much for joining us. Zoe, take care. Look after yourself. We'll see you again soon. Andy, thank you very much. And cheers for the articles. And everybody else, take care. Um, I'll see you in a fortnight. Ta-ra. <laughs>